You're listening to a Big Finish production. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. This is the Big Finish podcast launched on the 23rd of December 2018. In this podcast, we'll be hearing from Tom Baker, Louise Jameson, John Leeson, David Richardson, all talking about Christmas. And our drama tease to keep you in the Christmas mood is Fairy Tale of Salzburg from Ravenous 2. Okay, um, now there was a competition and we really must announce the winner. The prize was Doctor Who The Early Adventures, The Crash of UK 201 or 201. I don't know. Do you know what they call it? You know? It's a bunch of numbers, isn't it? Two, <laughs> two, 201, whatever. I, I go for a zero because it's an O I always think is like a, a, a letter O. Oh. Well, that's, that's what you're voting for. Anyway, starring Maureen O'Brien and Peter Purvis in a first Doctor story by Jonathan Morris. The question was, Gemma Churchill features in this story. Name the first Peter Davison story she featured in for Big Finish Productions. The closing date was Friday the 21st of December 2018. Um, which is uh, the day we're recording. The subject line on your email should have been 5th. And your entry should have been sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, where, of course, you can send all your emails. And the winner said in his email, little clue there, it is a mail. Hello, all. Many felicitations for the Christmas season. My, I don't know why I said hello. <laughs> Strange, right? Any idea what's wrong with me, Benji? I think you're just sane. <laughs> Thanks. Phew. Well, there we are. That's an official diagnosis by Dr. Benji. Uh, my extensive researches through the Big Finish archives lead me to suggest that the first appearance of Gemma Churchill was in May 2003. The, the May 2003 release. I just... Where am I? T- I just... Uh, just uh, Creatures of Beauty with the fifth Doctor and Nyssa. Which, which I wrote, which is why I thought of the question. Uh, many thanks to you for yet another brilliant year of amazing audio drama. I've just renewed my subscription for another year. My download account has just ticked past 500 titles. Woo. Keep on bucking up in the new year. Best wishes, Ian Humphreys. Well, Ian, you will be sent a CD of um, uh, The Early Adventures, The Crash of UK 201. And uh, Ian is from uh, Birkenhead. Sorry, Southerners can't resist doing rubbish Liverpool it's accents true. when it's they read true. words like Birkenhead. Sorry Birkenhead. about that. Birkenhead. Birkenhead. Whenever I think of Liverpool, I just think of that Play for Today episode, Our Day Out, with the uh, where they all just keep saying, "We've met. We're part of Progress Class. That's all. Progress Class. Going to the zoo. Um, oh, I don't know. Great That's drama. Great drama. Check that one out." Anyway, congratulations, Ian. And here is the lovable Tom Baker talking about Christmas. So, Tom, I wanted to talk to you about Christmas. Firstly, what is your reaction to the whole Christmas thing? Well, I mean, for donkey's years, you know, I've really withdrawn from all sorts of festivals, of uh, religious festivals. Uh, And I live a very, very quiet life now, deep deep in the country. 
but anyway, I don't like being caught up in, in the Christmas fever. But on the other hand, I don't know anyone who really does like being caught up in the frenzy of it all. But of course, my, my, all my memories about anything to do with Christmas or Easter or anything like that are colored by my intense uh, upbringing in Liverpool, you know, when of course Christmas um, was, uh, was a deeply religious experience. And of course, my very earliest expression of this was I played the uh, innkeeper when I was a, an, in the infant school, directed by Miss O'Malloy. Um, and all, and then came on a little girl, Anne Weston, pretending she was pregnant, and all them shaking her heads, and and all the parents in the school watching it. So I remember Christmas was that sweet, uh, sweet time when you know when I when I was a child, and and we believed in the in in this the well the lovely the lovely message of Christmas. Later on, we may change our views on that, but it's such a wonderful, wonderful message, isn't it? And so it was always sentimental and. Um, and, and hymns being sung and going carol singing and everything like that. But now I'm, you know, I, I don't really take part in any, uh, anything to do with that now. No, I just, I just look at my wife and she looks at me. And she looks at me, of course, with fantastic admiration. And, uh, and that's, a, that's something to look forward to. Have you got uh, a, a Christmas memory you can tell us about, Benji? Um, I, I associate this memory with Christmas, and so I'll say it. So it, was, it snowed one year, mm-hmm. and um, which year? whether it was on Christmas Day, I, I can't remember which year. I was a young boy, and my granddad at the but time, you are who, still was, a young who was boy. in his, he was in his seventies. And um, when I was very young, he built me a sledge. Oh, and nice. um, this, I've still got the sledge. I'll keep it in the loft just in case. But anyway, I, I distinctly remember going down to, um, we called it, it's Broad Oak Park, which is like a big sort of park. But I, I remember, and it's one of my favourite memories, my granddad, who was about, I'd say, 75 at the time, going down the hill on a sledge on his belly. Um, and I just remember thinking that's the craziest thing I've ever seen is this <laughs> 70-year-old man who needs a stick, bear in mind, going down the hill on a sledge. And so I, that is my favourite Christmas memory because it's just like such a nice family one. The, also, the other one that was quite funny is that another Christmas, he um, he bought some frankincense. Nah. Thought it'd be a nice Christmas treat and he, he lit the frankincense in one of those like things. Anyway, it caused so much smoke that my cousin had an asthma attack. <laughs> it, was like, it was like it was like a Christmas treat that that really didn't go very well. Oh goodness! Um, we all me. laugh about it now, but uh, I, I can't burn any frankincense. No, anymore. I mean, why couldn't have you have brought gold? Surely that would have been better than frankincense. Oh, come on, on Nick. everybody thinks everybody always wants the gold. Don't give the people <laughs> what they want. I tried to bring myrrh one year, but nobody really knows what it is. Mm. It's just a bit meh, isn't it? It's a bit meh, yeah. It's just sort of meh. I'm just trying to think if I've got any Christmas memories. Nick, have you got any Christmas memories? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think if I've got any Christmas memories. Well, uh, that was meant to prompt a, a oh, wonderful thanks. Christmas memory. Like, like in a... Yeah, I, I mean, the thing about me is that I'm not a great celebrator. But since having a, a kid, you know, Christmas means lots to kids, doesn't it? And so it's very exciting for Ben. So I can sort of abdicate responsibility for being celebratory and just uh, make it all about making it as nice as possible for Ben, actually. 
Um, but I do remember one Christmas as a kid, I, I dressed up as Father Christmas and sort of ran around the house <laughs> with a cotton cotton wool beard. <laughs> and now I've got my own cotton wool beard that grows yeah, on my face. <laughs> You could be a good Father Christmas, I think. you saying I'm fat? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm saying you like a mince pie and you don't mind a bit of brandy. <laughs> Bang. Are you saying that? Okay. Well, there you are. That, that, that was some uh, Christmas cheer from Benji and Nick. Time now for Louise Jameson to, uh, to, have, a, to have a little bit of a chat about Christmas. Louise. Hello, What's your Nick. hello? Hello. <laughs> What's your relationship with Christmas? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an interesting noise. Um, uh, we have a huge and complicated family with uh, divorces and and different fathers to the children, different mothers to the children. I mean, at our at our vastness, we're forty nine. <gasps> And Boxing Day, we're all going to gather at my niece's, and I think she's gathered in about 30 of us. That's a very uh, good achievement. And it is, for a day, it is utterly glorious and wonderful. If it goes beyond a day, I, I have a slightly different relationship <laughs> with it all, if I'm completely honest. Mm. Um, and I get, I get a wee bit maudling around uh, New Year, to be honest miss my parents which is a kind of daft thing to say at 67 but I do because my mother used to do these fantastic dinner parties on Christmas Eve and I miss them enormously but so I tend to do I tend to do a bit of a do the day before Christmas Eve and then a huge long walk on on uh, New Year's Day and I kind of love I kind of love that and I kind of miss out Christmas Eve I have a onesie Christmas Eve sorry New Year's Eve I have a bottle of wine and a very good slushy movie and I do a bit of a Bridget Jones on New Year's Eve yeah so that's all it's complicated isn't it but isn't everybody's complicated the expectations are so high and sometimes they match up and sometimes they don't and it's and everything's so intense and everything wants everybody wants everything to be right and the and the dog steals the turkey and that you know all that you know something something is always a bit bonkers john leeson talks about christmas next Hmm. so john leeson um what's your uh, what are your feelings about christmas what's your relationship with christmas well my early relationship with christmas considering all my relatives were clergymen was church carols bit of dingle in the house and that was about it i think well, so a happy time <laughs> oh yes very much so yes. and you, do you bring that with you still now well nowadays of course it's all changed i have a lovely little granddaughter who's now going to be nearly four this christmas i remember her first christmas she had a most wonderful present which was a scrap of red wrapping paper and she wouldn't leave it alone (laughs) that was her christmas my goodness but uh, but now she's into train sets would you believe fantastic yeah well uh, do you have a favorite christmas memory Oh, burning something, I think, on the oven, uh, probably. <laughs> that sounds most <laughs> unlike you. Well, I don't know. Cook. Well, so they, ta- so they say. I'm still here to tell the tale. So <laughs> <there we are. laughs> 
And good old David Richardson, our senior producer. He's, um, you'll never guess, talking about Christmas. What's your relationship with Christmas? <laughs> it's a wicked rumour. Um, <laughs> what's my relationship? I kind of love it. It is. Um, I am planning to relax and watch lots of telly and listen to some Christmassy big finishers. I always oh, do that. Do you? Which yeah. ones? Um, Relative Dimensions is a big favourite, yeah. actually. Listen to that most Christmases. Um, might listen to um, Fairy Tale of Sal. No, you'd. You better watch out and Fairy Tale of Salzburg, the um, Eighth Doctor stories that were in Ravenous 2, um, which sounds as though I'm doing a hard sell, but actually this is genuinely what I'm going to do. What are your best Christmas memories? And don't say listening to Relative Dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> My best Christmas memories. Oh, crikey. From childhood or just anything Well, I don't, really? do you know, if I think about Christmas in my childhood, I think of how simple it was and when you kind of get a, a countdown annual which would have a little bit with John Pertwee's Doctor Who in it and because there wasn't much Doctor Who merchandise around at the time it was a really magical thing to get um, so yeah it's the, it's the simple stuff I remember actually because I'm so old <laughs> join the club Okay, just time for an insanely quick randomoid selectatron. Can you? The Ran uh, has chosen, yeah. and the Ran has chosen the Confessions of Dorian Gray, the heart that lives alone. The heart that lives alone. Okay, well, so that's one point four of the Confessions of Dorian Gray. Yes, well, um, we will certainly give you twenty-five percent off that. Biff baff bomb. All you have to do to get the twenty-five percent off is go to bigfinish.com forward slash v forward slash randomoid and then enter the code buck up all capital letters no punctuation no spaces buck up b-u-c-k-u-p so now time for our drama cree crease cheese <laughs> the drama <Please>. creed <laughs> drama cheese um it's it's uh, it's the first first 15 minutes of a fairy tale of salzburg from ravenous 2 Try to speak. But I must. Are you. Are you the bishop? I have the honor of that position here, yes. But please, I must give you water. Are you called. No! Help! Can someone please help? I must get this woman inside!
Oh. Gently, gently. You. It's you. The people helped me bring you inside. Oh. We thought it best getting you out of the sun. You were very tired. Oh, you don't know the half of it. Who are you? Where are you from? It isn't important. No one here knows you. But we found no horse, no mule. You cannot surely have walked here. Not at your age. I didn't. So how... That's not important either. What's important is that I talk to you. I have come all this way to talk to you. But I am not important. You're a bishop, aren't you? Merely a humble servant of the Lord our God. That's why we need you. Why you can save the world. I think perhaps the heat may have affected you more than I thought. No, don't go. You're the only hope. Our only hope. You have to come with me. No, I... you need rest, recovery. I need you to help me. I need to finish this. That's all. Nothing more. Please... Let me tell you why. I am trying to help you, but you have to help yourself. I am an angel. What? I fell from the sky. How else could I have come here? I... It can't be. Let me explain. Then walk with me and I'll show you proof. But why would he send an angel? Well... Can you think of someone more deserving? <laughs> well, actually, yes, you probably could. Always thinking of others. I don't understand. Then listen to a story starting in the past and ending, and I mean ending, in the future. That's it. And another plank crossing that one. We don't want them getting inside. But please, Mr. Schaffernick, our things are still in there. At least allow us some time to collect them. Today's events are not a surprise, Mrs. Vanner. You've known what was coming for days. You should have prepared more assiduously. I gave you plenty of time. You barely gave us any. We were distracted. I lost my husband, Maria, her father. By his own hand, the ultimate act of selfishness Cutting off all your income at a stroke. <laughs> if you wish to blame someone, blame him. He did not wish to leave us. He felt he had no choice. The insurance. He thought the money would help. He thought it was the only way. Then he should have read his contract more carefully before he jumped in the river. The companies never pay out to suicides. It prevents exactly this sort of abuse. It'll be there in black and white. As in my contract is what happens when you don't pay your rent. Have pity! I have bills to pay too, Mrs. Vanner. I can't simply shuck my obligations like your husband did. You killed him! If you had not raised the rents, my father would never have done this. 
you killed him as truly as if you had pushed him off that bridge yourself. I wouldn't say that too loudly, young lady. I might consider suing you for defamation. You have no character to defame. Don't test me. Please, Maria. Go ahead. Sue me. We have no money to give you, even if you won. I'd move on if I were you, before I'm tempted to call the police. <laughs> My daughter, please, let us not make a scene. Come on. You are a wicked man. Come with me. An evil you. man! Goodbye. Why did you make us leave? I'd have given him a piece of my mind. That is precisely why I took you away. It wouldn't have made the situation any better. I would have felt better. And if you ended up in jail, how would you have felt then? And how would that have helped me? Do you think it's what your father would have wanted? No, don't do that. Do you, though? No. We have to stick together, Maria. Work together. It's just you and me now. Please. All right. Good. Now, you must be starving. I'll get us some food. You can't afford food. For today, I can. Tomorrow, well, we'll see. Wait here. Hmm? Stupid Shafranik! Stupid man! <laughs> and all the snow everywhere. Snow, yes. Still not exactly a fan. I've always loved it. Likewise. I've been to thousands of worlds, hundreds of thousands, seen sights beyond your imaginings, and yet I still think snow might be the most exciting thing ever to exist. Really? He was here. If I could just... Hey, hey, lady! You, lady! Yeah, uh, come here! What? Me? You! Yes! Yes! Come here! Come over here! Mm. No, thank you. You have a wish. I make it come true. <laughs> sure you do. No, no, no. Truly. Truly. You have a wish. I am a granter of wishes. There's no such thing. Who told you that? It's obvious, isn't it? You tell me that you do not believe in magic. Yes. If wishes could come true, don't you think the world would be a bit of a nicer place? People have to make wishes for them to be granted. And if everyone thinks like you, then who will do this? Go on, make a wish, see what happens. I don't have any money to give you. Who said anything about money? Go ahead, make a wish, just one. I see you have one. I wish... My father was still alive. Uh, yeah, it's not a good wish. Uh, the past is the past. I, I cannot change it. <laughs> I didn't realise there were conditions. There are always conditions. Have you not read the stories? Can you do this or not? Wish and find out. You know what it is. You know what you desire to happen. Think about what day this is. Think about Mr. Shafranek. How do you know about... Be sure it is what you want. What you truly want. Uh, because the stories tell of that also. Uh, about how it's never quite what you expect. About how it can go wrong. You know what they say. Be careful what you wish for. Well, do you have a wish? I wish for the Krampus to be real. Yes. Yes, that is a good wish. Yes, a very good wish. A very good wish indeed. 
What was that? I granted it for you. Like you wanted. What else did you think was going to happen? Oh, this is silly. I don't know why I'm talking to you. Well, the world is full of mysteries, is it not? I'm going to find my mum. Do, do. Uh, and try to be good. Today of all days. Try to be good. Sorry. I told you to wait here. Where did you go? I... nowhere. Stay with me. We have no home now. If I lost you, where would we meet? I'm... No, you're right. You're right. I, I, I won't do it again. You seem troubled, my girl. Is something the matter? No. No, it's nothing. I got you a pretzel. It's not your favourite, but, well, it'll do. It's whole. You've not eaten any. I didn't feel hungry. Don't lie to me. You must eat some. I can't let you starve. Nor are you. We are here to help each other, yes? Protect each other. If you are too weak from hunger, I will be left alone. Here, take some. You're right. Always you're right. I know. Where do we go now? The church. They may be able to offer us a bed rest for the night. Maybe a little more food. Then what are we waiting for? Let's go. Taking sanctuary in a church, rather like I am now, I suppose. Life's full of little ironies, isn't it? You know, where I come from, they call this country Turkey. That's kind of amusing, really. I don't understand. You wouldn't. I mean, I don't understand any of it. I'm confused. This city was a flame, now it is not. The girl and her mother, how do they relate to the others? To this Liv and this Helen and this doctor. They are clearly in the same city at around the same time. But beyond that, how do they connect to me? Well, they're not connected to you at all. Then why? They're connected to the story. I did mention Antonia and Maria before. Yes, I remember. Now you remind me. What was it? Yes, you said this Shafranek man threw them out of their lodging. Am I right? This takes place before the rest. Exactly. I knew you'd get it eventually. You do need to pay attention, but it's all there. So what happened to Liv and Helen and Christoph when they raced away from the imps? I'm getting to that, Patience. We'll be back there soon. But for now, we need to go to church. We can skip ahead a few hours. Antonia and Maria had managed to secure a couple of beds. All right. 
There you go. But why must I sleep? It's too early for bed. What else is there to do? You need all the rest you can get. Tomorrow may be a long day. What was that? Somebody screaming outside. I don't know. Oh, yes, of course I do. It's Krampus night. It's just people having fun. Is that the Krampus night too? It's some kind of tremor. Father? Father, are you there? Yes, my child. What's happening? I'm not entirely sure. I think it's an earthquake. An earthquake? Earthquakes don't happen here. I thought not, except... Uh, Are we safe? I don't know. We should maybe move under a doorway. I think they say that's usually a good idea. Then let's find one. Yes. Yes, follow me. Come on, Maria. <laughs> the missiles. This doesn't feel secure. The church has stood for hundreds of years. It'll take a lot more than this for it to be destroyed. <laughs> You're sure? What in? Sanctuary? But the... If they think it's going to be any safer in here. Yes. Yes. Yes, I must. No. Don't move. It's not safe. I can't refuse a request for help. I have to offer aid if they need it. It's my job. Father, no! It'll be all right. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and give us a Christmassy subscribe.